Pete McAllen is Pyramid Park, and he's joined The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you got to help me out here. <laughs> Am I to call you Pyramid, or do we keep it as Pete? You can keep me as Pete. That's absolutely fine. It's kind of weird calling me Pyramid, isn't it? <laughs> it's different. That's the thing, too, because calling yourself Pyramid Park gives the impression that this is a band, but it's actually a solo thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, when I play live, a lot of the time I am playing with more musicians, so a lot of people do think it's a band, but it's me that runs it, and it's kind of nice because it has that unusual kind of ambiguity to it that I quite enjoy. Maybe I have a name fixation, because Pyramid Park sounds more like a new age resort than an artist. (laughs) (laughs) How did you invent the name? Well, a lot of people ask me this question. It took me a long time. I was actually given some advice from some industry people here in the UK. And they were listening to an album called Vulnerability, which is my debut under Pyramid Park. And they just wanted to know why I was still considering going under my own name. And after a bit of consideration, they were like, you basically sound like a band. You don't sound like a soloist. So you may want to change your name so that it has more of that band feel. So I spent three days searching all the names, the artist names that I thought would be unique and different. And all of them were taken. Honestly, it took so long and it was an incredibly frustrating process. So at the end of all of that, I thought, right, we need to change tack. We need to actually think about perhaps the branding of it a little bit more. And I just was looking at ideas and shapes and landed on the pyramid shape and I was like this could be really strong for a brand identity and then the park bit came later I guess I'm a bit of a fan of alliteration and so it's as simple as that it's nothing to do with new age (laughs) although one or two people do ask me that occasionally Um, and yeah it's just more logo and brand and I thought this could work as something a little bit different. It sounds like you're taking this very seriously. You were talking about speaking with industry experts and your branding. So uh-huh. this isn't a casual thing, the music. No, this is this is my job. This is what I do full time. Um, you I, mean a job that you get paid for? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can It's um, it's an independent thing. So I have a little office set up in my garage, and I honestly just run it as a little small record label really and i'm learning all the time about how to make this work financially as well as creatively continuing doing what i'm doing i stepped out three years ago nearly from a full-time paid job and i'm still going which is great you've been in the music scene a lot longer than i had thought so how about we take this back to your past what about telling us about your early eps yeah, so um, I released a couple of EPs, oh goodness me, toward 2008 and 2010. Um, one was called The Optical Illusion, which was an EP that was, I think it cost me £200, which is very little money for recording anything. And I'd been just gigging and trying to carry God's presence into places where I didn't feel it was. So I was doing a lot of unusual gigs. Um, Then the Animals in London EP was in 2010. And then from 2010, for the next six and a half years, I worked as a worship pastor in a church in Cambridge, UK. And during that time, I I dropped songwriting. I I was so busy with the job and building team and and all the church activities that happen. But during that time, I realized that 
it was really important that we engaged people in their personal devotional walk to be able to have stronger worship times in church. And I just realized that there was a link that was kind of broken a little bit and that I really wanted to encourage worship in the home. And so after a lot of thinking about it, recorded and released an album called I Hear Your Voice, which for me that always feels like my debut album. It's it's a little bit more folky, it's a little bit more chilled and it has a definite worship feel to it. And that's what kind of put me on this journey of releasing albums the next few years. So that was 2014, then released Vulnerability, which is the first Pyramid Park album in 2017, and now Not an Island uh, two weeks ago. Okay, so back to 2014, and I hear your voice. That album included a great track called Enemies. Ah, yeah. It speaks about having a rock-solid faith in God. Do doubts ever creep in? Of course. You know, I, I don't think you'd be human if you don't have doubts. And I think it's how you manage those doubts that's the key. I mean, I always know that God is faithful. And no matter what I go through, he is going to be faithful and he has been faithful. And that doesn't mean that I'm immune or anyone else is immune from troubles in life. But And I think it's okay to doubt. I think God is big enough to be able to handle our doubts. Um, it's what we do with them that really is the key. So that song Enemies was a track that was kind of saying, you know, regardless of what happens, I'm going to still keep standing because of the power of God, not my own power, but because of his grace and his strength. Was all of your early music about faith? Uh, I would say most of it was. No, I would say it all was about faith, but it's about a different angle, perhaps, to what some people would... Like, the, the I Heal Voice album, for example, was very much a worship album. The only song I can think wasn't was probably Animals in London, which was pretty much about living in London and the hecticness of life. And at that stage, I was trying more mainstream audience so my writing had changed a little bit at that time. Well, now that your recording is Pyramid Park, is that faith aspect still as important as it was in the past? Absolutely. Um, I feel like this current album that was released a couple of weeks ago, it feels like it's a bridge between kingdom and culture. And what I mean by that is I think there's a huge amount of great stuff out there that's you know great for the church, um, but how, how does it correlate when you have people who come to gigs or come to events and they don't have a faith? They're not even interested in having a faith. They don't want to know, but they really love the music. How can I somehow weave in some kingdom principles into the songs without it being like a put-off for people? And so that's the angle I've really gone for this album. Whether I will continue doing that, I don't know, but it seems to be resonating with people who don't have faith and maybe don't want to know, but are keen to kind of just be open to music and i really believe that people can be led into somehow encountering the presence of god even the songs don't directly talk about him some hardcore christians would actually consider that washing down the message yeah i'm sure they would um i would consider myself somebody who's pretty hardcore but it's about the way you go about things sometimes that you know, sometimes you can have some of the deepest conversations with people behind the scenes of an event rather than upfront kind of giving a direct message. Other times, giving a direct message is the right thing to do. Um, but I think it's about wisdom and tact and reading your audience and 
and taking the opportunities that you do have. Reinventing yourself as Pyramid Park included both yourself and your art. That's a huge step. You must have had some hesitations about doing that. Yes. (laughs) Without without a doubt. Um, I remember when it was suggested to me, I got back into my car and just sat there and I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And I'd already created the artwork for the album. Um, The photographer had taken pictures and everything. We had the name. We had it under my name. All the tracks had been sorted out under my name. So it was a big shift having to start all over again, all the different social media profiles restarting from zero. Um, It was a big decision and I wasn't sure whether it was going to pay off, whether it was the right thing to do, but it was one of those things where I just thought, well, it's now or never. So if I'm, if I'm going to do something, I need to do it now and decided to bite the bullet. So then you already had vulnerability, the first Pyramid Park album, all ready to go. Yeah. So all the artwork, it was completely different. Um, So it was ready to go and I had a timeline in place. It was going to be released in June, I think, that year. Um, And so we had to push it back to September, which wasn't a bad thing to do. And it created some intrigue at first. There were some people who didn't like it, but most people understood the direction And then when they heard the music, I think that was the key point. I actually had a friend who runs a festival in the UK um, talk to me about it. And he said, the really interesting thing is I have a lot of artists who are soloists who come under their name and it looks better on the festival lineup if there are artist names instead of just people's personal names. And I'm attracted to that. So without even realizing that was, that's just an example of one of the, the benefits of changing names no oh, that's cool thanks <laughs> the single born to be brave from vulnerability says don't be found dancing around the edge of life i was born to be brave i'll count the cost and if i lose it all what have i lost many people would find that too big a stretch you know to break away from their routine life how do you do it yeah and I fully appreciate that. I think comfort is king sometimes in Western culture, and we we're encouraged to, you know, seek comfort. But we're also encouraged to be our own person and step out. So it's a kind of an unusual messaging, I guess. For me, I think you know the call of God is unique for every person. What that looks like for you is going to be very different for what it looks like for me. And for all those things, if we're following God closely and we're wanting to pursue him and i hope i'm stepping forwards in my faith i think there are going to be elements of risk and feeling very vulnerable and uncomfortable i think if you look at the life of jesus it was not a comfortable life yes i'm sure there were moments of comfort and and where he felt secure and safe but there were other moments where he stepped out and so for me you know Certainly doing this whole journey as an indie artist, it's not comfortable. It's often painful. It's You often have a lot of doubts and questioning about why you're doing what you're doing and should I get a real job and all these kind of things. But the reality is when you know you're called to something, you know you are. And if you shake it off, then you feel like a part of you is not alive. And I just think for some people that, that will look very, very different to what I'm doing. And that's fine. It's more about following the call of God in your life and And I guess 
being willing to step out to those promptings and and take those steps of faith and risk. A moment ago, you were speaking about someone who was running a festival. Mm. You're based in Cambridge, England, and I don't know the music scene there. So I want to try to get an idea of the venues Pyramid Park plays. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I tour a lot in mainland Europe and, and obviously the UK as well. I haven't played in the States and I've never played in Canada. Um, so I, I don't quite know how to compare it, but it's a real mix. You know, it can be crowds of 100 people, really small and open air kind of events to, you know, several thousand people at kind of a bigger festival, a medium sized festival perhaps. I've not played anything beyond 10,000 people. Um, so that's kind of the reach that I have. And I'm prepared to play a lot of places within reason. Uh, I travel quite a lot. So the furthest I've driven probably from the UK is the other side of Germany, which is like a 13-hour drive, I think. Right. Um, so that's kind of the stretch. And then you have to fly beyond there. Um, and they are very different places. Some places are very much, you know, it's a christian festival in every way it's very clean it's you know there's a certain vibe to it and then other places where you wouldn't necessarily say it's a christian place at all and there's a lot of stuff going on that maybe i wouldn't partake in um but you're still called to play in these places and i enjoy both you know i hunted up some facts and i found that lead me was the most popular song from vulnerability Mm. Why were people so attracted to the song? I, do you know what? This is a mystery to me. It's really interesting when you see the stats on Spotify and then you play the songs live. Lead Me is by far my most popular song on Spotify. I think it attracted the attention of a few official playlists. That obviously helps with new people listening to the music. As a track, it's just very relaxed, very quiet um, and reflective kind of song. Then when I come to play it live, it's one of the songs that doesn't really work in the same way. Um, and songs that are less popular on Spotify really work live. So go figure. I guess some songs were made for the audience and some were made for just listening with your headphones on. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Now it's time to talk about what's really important, and that's your new album, Not an Island. Mm. You know, I've got to say that that album title is totally at odds with the world today because yeah. everybody's in isolation. We're all islands. Yes, it is. And it's quite ironic, isn't it? Um, there's even a line in that song, Not an Island, which is the sixth track. And it talks about something about I've, I've been down the road of the narrow minded. Um, I've made choices that I've heard the ones I love. I've touched the limits of isolation. So the whole idea of them, this song, Not an Island, was during the time of a lot of people getting quite aggravated in the UK over Brexit and over other things. And it just felt like in the church we needed to be incredibly unified and one, regardless of what our political views are. And the song was kind of written to encourage unity. And it's interesting how that's developed and how that whole idea of, though we're all in isolation at the moment, it seems worldwide that um, we really do need each other and the whole idea was let's let's reflect and think about um, our need for one another and how we are better together than alone not an island dropped april 24th now with the shutdown there's no chance to tour it how do you compensate for that 
It's tricky. Um, I think as an artist, you have to have lots of streams of income. So I've been really fortunate to be able to set up various things like Patreon. Yeah, it's been a blessing to me to have some core supporters um, being part of that community and being able to give back to them in unique ways to the rest of my followers. And then it's just a case of working hard at the things that you can do within your power. So I did a lockdown session, which was six songs from the album pre-recorded in my little writing room here in Cambridge. And it was just a case of putting together a few extra elements to make it feel a little bit more like the album, but more stripped back. That was great. It was really lovely to be able to do like an album launch party in that way. But I'm I'm sad and I'm missing, you know, I was meant to be touring the Netherlands this month and um, lots of festivals lined up for the summer, which I doubt most of those will happen now. Um, but you've just got to find a way. And I think one of the things about working as an independent artist is, you know, you have to be flexible regardless. So that flexibility has served me well in this season. And while it's not ideal and, you know, I would love to be touring at the moment, there are other ways to be able to communicate the message. And so I'm trying to do that. Well, one way is by communicating with videos. And I saw the one for Never Let Me Down. (laughs) I was amused because the characters in it are painted different colors, with you being orange. Now, I'd heard that people with an orange personality are witty, spontaneous, generous, optimistic, fun, and bold. Now, (laughs) is that the real you? Witty, spontaneous. Optimistic. Um, fun and bold bold Bold, yes Um, fun you'd have to ask other people about that I'm not sure whether I'm always fun I'm quite intense Um, (laughs) but but, um, do you know why I chose orange it was I was trying to find some new kind of items of clothing to wear on stage or for a photo shoot and I found these two options for jackets and I didn't think this one would work but I got it anyway and tried it out it was the orange jacket and it won. It was just the, the jacket that worked. So we stuck with it. Now I had this orange jacket. I was thinking, no, how, how can I use it? And so this whole idea of coloring everyone um, different colors was was a lot of fun. And it's a little bit random, the video, but it kind of worked. So we had a lot of funny comments and a lot of funny looks that day. Um, and during that time, we actually vlogged the making of the video as well. And one of my friends, the man who was wearing green, he... <laughs> he was shooting and at the time along the river there was this whole group of runners who were wearing santa outfits giant santa costumes <laughs> so <laughs> while we thought we were the funniest people out that day um <laughs> it was quite nice to know we weren't the only odd ones out and about well the video was fun so i guess that does make you fun i hope so <laughs> you know something about pyramid park is that Your sound isn't typical for the Christian music scene. You know, it could be too indie for some listeners. So I'm really not sure, like, does that concern you at all? Or are you even really looking at having a full-blown Christian audience? I'm quite happy that it polarizes people. Um, Maybe in the past, I would have wanted to try and make something that would connect with every single person. But... I want something that will stand up in the mainstream market in the UK. I feel like there's a lot of Christians who don't want to do that. And so I've kind of decided that that's a direction I can take and I have the freedom to take. Um, When I was writing the project, I wasn't 
necessarily going down that route but it just seemed the i wrote about 50 songs for the project and then shortlisted it to 15 and then to 12 and it just felt the 12 that were the strongest were ones that had a little bit of a different vibe and message and so we tried to capitalize on that i know some people won't like it and i feel now i'm more confident to make those decisions and to feel like if it resonates with me then somebody somewhere will connect with it. And of course, there'll be people who don't like it, and that's fine as well. Well, that's good. Actually, I purposely look for music from Christians that's quite different. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I like that. Well, here's something. I think you might be growing old before your time because the song Young makes you sound as if you really are old when it says... <laughs> When I was young, I dreamed I could make it all happen. When I was younger, the world seemed to be so simple. This is sort of like an older guy saying, I remember when I was a boy. <laughs> but seriously, what got you on that track? Some songs that you write, you have a theme in mind. You have a real process of the message that you want to put out there. Then there's other songs which... I like to call you stick your antennae up and you catch something that's in the atmosphere. And when I was writing young, I was kind of in that headspace where there just felt like something was happening while I was writing it, but I didn't fully understand what I was writing about. And I think some of those songwriting moments are some of the best because you just don't know if it's going to connect or not. Young was, I guess it's a song about slight regrets and also hopes that maybe you know, life isn't quite what you always thought it would be. And I wanted to address some of that. And I'm not old, but um, neither am I a teenager anymore. And so it was really kind of cathartic to be able to write like that and say, basically, what I used to maybe believe was so black and white, I realize there's a lot of gray in life. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. And I can't just hand on heart say everything's going to be all right when i know personally i've i've gone through stuff that it hasn't been all right and there's pain attached to it but i do believe that pain can be a real gift to us as well i'm not saying pain is nice none of us want to live in pain i certainly don't but there's something about pain that it it does something in us that helps us to be incredibly compassionate to those who've gone through the same things i really believe in in the church world I used to always say to the worship leaders that um, I led at the time that actually those of us who have really gone through pain and known pain are the ones that are going to really relate and connect with people in the church more so than those who maybe haven't experienced it at the same level. And I remember one girl in our team at the time who had been through a lot and was struggling through stuff, but she led worship so incredibly well that connected to people's hearts in a way that she wouldn't have done had she have not walked through pain. So for me, young is about picking up a few knocks in life. And But at the end of the song, it's like, but I still want that fire. And I still want that, that kind of passion for God in the midst of it all. You know, it's hard for me to pick favorites from Not an Island because, I mean, I'm really impressed. This is a really solid album. Thank you. But let's chat about the song Surrender. People, mm. especially guys, struggle with the idea of giving up control. When should we give up control? I think it depends on the context, but for me, you have to live every day a surrender. Um, that song, 
was written during this whole period of wrestling about leaving my job, working for the church and doing this whole independent thing, knowing it was very risky, knowing that it wasn't going to be the safe option and knowing there would be some moments of real hardship in it. And um, I was actually given a, a word at that time of the three of us standing, I've got a little daughter standing hand in hand at the edge of a cliff and and we looked out and we couldn't see a boat and the guy said to us and god says to you there is no boat <laughs> and then he said some other things and and we we reflected on that quite a lot there is no boat and it seems like a strangely comforting thing to consider life and faith but there's no boat and so i uh, alluded to that in the song and the whole idea was you know when i first jumped in there was an incredible freedom feeling but it took me high as a kite, but the surging winds blew me down. And the whole thing of like, when we step out in faith, it's incredibly exhilarating because we know we're following the will of God. And then we hit life and life circumstances, which are tough. And and the, the wind blows us down. And, and it's like, well, what do we do in that moment? And the only thing that we can do is let go and say, okay, God, it's you or nothing. And I think I think what the Lord loves to do is sometimes push us to that point where we, we realize really we cannot do this without him and so surrender is incredibly important but we don't like it and i think we can hide behind success or even failure um money whatever material possessions we might have or might not have um but really surrender is the key to life and when we can surrender and when we choose to surrender something beautiful happens i think although those moments are really tough they're some of the most beautiful moments of my life and you know, they're things that I will treasure for a long time to come. Pete, I've loved this talk. I'm so glad you're able to come and meet with The Antidote. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure to chat and get to know you a little bit as well. <laughs>